Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. We've got a little bit of a preview podcast coming your way today. We are joined by Cody Nagel, who covers Oklahoma State for the 24-7 Sports Network. Cody, we're in crossover season. Basketball is set to start. KU has an exhibition on Thursday. They open on Monday. Busy times, but how are things going for you this week? Yeah, definitely, like you said, busy. A lot of stuff going on, but um, obviously football, at least here at least, uh, takes priority. So, um, you know, Oklahoma State basketball gets started, too, with their exhibition on Thursday, but yeah, football season's still still priority down here. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it kind of is here too. You know, I'm thinking about the plan for the week, and it's like, ah, exhibition, we'll probably do more football stuff than maybe you would in past years, and I think that's a result of fan interest and the team being good. And I want to start here. I like to start these preview podcasts with kind of a, a vibe check, and I'm, I'm sure things are a little difficult in Oklahoma State territory after a, a blowout loss to Kansas State on the road, but – I guess around the facility with the fan base, what's just the feeling like coming off of a loss like that? Yeah, I think fans are, I think they're frustrated uh, just because it kind of felt like a, maybe not a blowout loss was coming, but you know, you could tell a loss like this was, was going to come eventually just because of um, the injuries that Oklahoma state's been dealing with Um, their, their schemes and and game plans were uh, maybe questionable at best. You know, they, they snuck by Texas. Um, even the Texas Tech game uh, to start October was, um, you know, they were were down and for most of that game too, and had to come back in the second half. And mm. you know, fans were questioning, you know, kind of kind of the the coaching approach and stuff like that. So um, I think fans are frustrated, um, just kind of hoping that they can find a way to, um, you know, get back to Arlington and you know, hope that Kansas State loses a couple. And you know, mm. for Oklahoma State, you got to win out. Um, as far as the players, we talked to a few of them yesterday after practice. Um, you can tell they're they're still frustrated with what happened. Um, I guess disappointed is probably the, the better word to use. Um, you know, they just they just felt like they got their absolute or butts just absolutely kicked. Um, you know, Brock Martin said you didn't think 
basically said the team didn't get off the bus. Um, the, the attitude pregame was just off. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, they're frustrated with that part. Um, but they're also ready to just move on and know that they've got, you know, four really important games here to to end out the, the final month of the season. So, um, yeah, it's, it's frustration, disappointment. Uh, I think yeah. some confusions also built in there on, you know, what – you know, we can get into this too, but the, the changes that Oklahoma State made during practice last week um, leading up to that Kansas State game, um, you know, Mike Gundy said he changed some things up um, that he hasn't really done in the past. And obviously it didn't work and he's not going to do that again. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe some frustration built in there with, you know, why are we changing things up and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a lot of wide range of emotions right now. Yeah. And so I you kind of led me to my next question let's hit on some of the injury stuff because I think if what I've read is correct, that's what led Mike Gundy to change kind of the practice schedule that they had going into the K-State game. Obviously Oklahoma State is super banged up. KU fans know plenty about that, right? Going into the bye week after that Baylor game, you could look up and down the roster and really, you know, you're looking at double digit guys on the two deep dealing with injuries. And of course KU had their bye week and they're coming off of that bye week for this game. Oklahoma State, their bye week was all the way back in September. They've been playing straight Big 12 games. You know, they play at Baylor, at home to Texas Tech, at TCU, home to Texas, at K-State, all without a bye week within there. So let's start here, Cody. Going into this game, like, how banged up is this Oklahoma State team? Because everything that I've been able to read so far points to them being even more banged up than I think Kansas even was after that Baylor game. Yeah, I think, you know, last week or the last two weeks, it was it was really bad. Um, you know, they were without six starters um, before they even played Texas. Um, and then they had a few guys go down with injuries in that game. Um, last week they had, oh, I think, three or four, you know, guys that would be starters out, a um, couple wide receivers. Uh, their starting running back didn't play. Um, and then their starting right guard, who's probably their best offensive lineman, um, he didn't play as well. Um, and then you had a couple other guys that, you know, they, they did play, um, including Spencer Sanders. I mean, he's been dealing with a shoulder injury for the past, you know, three, four weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a few guys like him that, you know, toughed it out and, and played. Um, but you could tell they just weren't at 100%. Um, Jason Taylor, they're, they're, you know, starting safety back there, most experienced defensive back. Um, you could tell he just wasn't really 100%, wasn't full speed. Um, after he kind of tweaked his knee, I think, um, at the end of that Texas game on the interception he actually made. Um, and Ollie Gordon, their backup, one of their backup running backs, uh, I guess was dealing with a little, you know, flu bug or something like that during practice last week. So, you know, he wasn't fully ready to go. Um, so, yeah, they're just kind of dealing with a, a lot of injuries, just kind of at all positions, honestly. Um, so it's it's kind of a mess right now. And like you said, they could really use a bye week right now, but unfortunately – um, that already happened and you just kind of got to crawl to the finish line at this point. Yeah. And so y- you mentioned that there's a switch in the practice and the way that they did it, I guess, talk to us about what kind of they did and are they doing that again this week? Because I've got kind of three questions in one here. So I guess walk us through kind of what they changed. Obviously it didn't help against Kansas state. Did it help the players in terms of getting guys fresher for this week? Like, walk us through kind of the last kind of 10 days or so and how everything's kind of unfolded for Oklahoma State. Yeah, you know, the the post game after the K-State loss, Gundy mentioned he had changed some things up and 
um, you know, I kind of pressed him. I was like, what were those things that you changed exactly? Cause he had mentioned it was kind of his, his concern was the injuries and how banged up guys were. And he didn't mm-hmm. want to, you know, have a, a physical practice really. And, um, you know, add to the injury list or anything like that. So I kind of pressed him on, you know, what things he changed. Uh, he didn't want to get into any details, um, but just kind of reading between the lines, I, I'm assuming it just was a pretty light practice schedule throughout the week. Uh, maybe not a bunch of one-on-ones or any like anything like that, like first team versus first team. Um, I think it was mostly, um, you know, guys just going up against the scout team and, you know, probably a lot of, of walkthrough type stuff. And um, I don't think they really were, were physical throughout the week. And then I think when you get to K-State and you've gone – basically on I mean that was kind of like their bye week I mean they kind of just took practice lightly um and then you get up to K-State and you got to go play a game having a, a full week of of light practices you're, you're probably going to get your butt kicked like you get like they did so um yeah we're not 100 percent sure on what they changed exactly or what adjustments they made but yeah my my assumption is they just kind of you know took it light throughout the week and yeah. Gundy said um, uh, this Monday that, you know, they're, they're not going to do that again. They're going back to the way they practiced before. And, you know, if guys are, are banged up, they're, you know, again, they're just going to have to toughen it out and mm-hmm. um, try and get through this final week of this or final month of the season. Yeah. And so you mentioned the laundry list of guys that are out and this will be the last injury question. Then we'll get on to some of the other stuff. You mentioned the guys that are out, I guess, are they going to get many of them back? Do you think like, I guess what crucial players do you feel like Oklahoma state might be without or who might they get back this week? You know, I, I think there's a chance they get um, Dominic Richardson. Um, they're starting running back and, and maybe Hunter Woodard back. That's their, their starting right guard. And like, like I said, one of their best offensive linemen. Um, I think there's a chance they get those guys back and, you know, they've been really struggling with the run game mm. and obviously having those two guys out last week didn't help at all. Um, so maybe if they can get those guys back in there, that'll, you know, trying to open some things up there. Um, but, you know, Braden Johnson, wide receiver, he's kind of been in and out throughout the year. Um, Jaden Bray, who's came into the season with, with high expectations that, you know, people thought he might be the, the leading receiver. Um, he's been dealing with, a, I believe it's like a hand injury or something like that. Um, he played one game and then re-injured it. Um, so he's probably done for the year. My guess is they just redshirt him, um, maybe – towards the end of the year, you know, he's only played the one game. Maybe he comes back in for those final three games or so. Um, that way they can still use his red shirt. Um, I, so I don't think he'll play this weekend. But, mm-hmm. you know, other than that, I think pretty much everyone else should should be able to go. Um, but, again, who knows, you know, if they re-injure something during practice this week, we'll find out Saturday morning before kickoff. For sure. And so I want to dive into the offensive side of things. Um, we'll get to Sanders – and Gunnar Gundy in a second, but with the running game, I thought last year you looked at Oklahoma State and the running game was, I thought, one of maybe their strengths. This year, it's it's not been that. You know, you look at the, the total kind of average yards per game, right? They're averaging 141 rushing yards per game, which ranks number eight in the Big 12, and they're averaging 3.7 yards per carry, which is number nine in the Big 12. For a team that I feel like every year you look at and say their offense is good, and they're able to run the ball pretty pretty well. What exactly do you think has led to all of a sudden really just not being able to run the ball that well this year? Um, I think it's it's a couple different things. Um, you know, last year they had Jalen Warren, um, who really didn't do a whole lot the first two or three games. Um, but then kind of had his breakout game against Boise State, and they realized, okay, we gotta 
we got to use this guy more. Um, and obviously, you know, he was really talented. Now he's, you know, kind of the backup running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL. Um, and, you know, if you watch some of his highlights that he's having in Pittsburgh right now, you'll see that, you know, he was able to create a lot of holes or create space for himself. Um, so Oklahoma State's missing that now. They don't really have that, um, you know, shifty. You know, he, he had a good balance of shiftiness, but also just physicality that he could break through tackles. Hmm. Um, you know, Dominic Richardson right now is kind of Oklahoma State's bruiser back that can, you know, knock over defenders, but doesn't have that shiftiness to really, you know, create his own space, create, find his own hole, stuff like that. Um, that's kind of more what Jaden Nixon does. Um, but he's, you know, a smaller back, doesn't have a whole lot of size. Um, so they, they don't have that, you know, combination back that really, you know, that they can, you know, use in all aspects or anything like that. So um, I think that's a factor. And, and then the offensive line's just, again, been beat up throughout the season. Um, they're, you know, not really shifting guys around, but kind of plugging guys in as, you know, somebody goes out. Um, so there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, continuity up there. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's been an issue they've dealt with for what feels like the last three or four years. Um, I just have constant injury issues up there um, and just haven't had a solid starting five for, you know, the past three or four seasons. So I think it's a combination of those two things. And, um, you know, it's kind of, at least, you know, I, from a fan's perspective, I think it's frustrating because, you know, we're, we're, we continue to ask Gundy and, and, you know, offensive coordinator Casey Dunn, like, you know, what things can you do to change that? Uh, you know, can you change up your, your schemes um, and how you run the ball? And, you know, they, they don't really give us a whole lot. And Gundy always says, you know, well, I, he's not going to change stuff up. You know, he doesn't think it's, you know, productive to, you know, kind of change up your offense throughout your midway through the season. Um, so there, there's kind of some frustration there, I think, from fans on, you know, they, there's this known issue that the run game just isn't working. Um, and it doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of answers to fix it. Yeah, and yet you look at the point totals for a lot of these games and, you know, they're able to put up a good amount of points, right? You look at kind of 30-plus in Big 12 play, which considering how good some of these defenses are, is pretty impressive. Has that been more on Spencer Sanders being great? And how has the injury impacted him kind of here in recent weeks? Yeah, so the first month of the season, he was really good. Um, it looked like he was going to be on track for his best season of his career without, mm. a, without a doubt. Um, and then against Texas Tech late, and I think it was fourth quarter or something, um, he went to run in at the goal line and kind of got hit in the shoulder area, which it was his throwing shoulder too. Um, you know, it's, and since then, he just hasn't been 100%. Um, you can tell you know, on some of his deep throws, he's leaving them a lot or leaving them short a lot. Um, so you know, anything past like 20 yards, basically, um, there's a good chance it's probably going to end up short. Um, so you can tell he, his, he's off on those throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's he hasn't been 100% since then. Um, but, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see if he, he actually goes on Saturday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, and Gunnar Gundy, what exactly is he like? You know, we talked to defensive coordinator Brian Borland um, on Tuesday, and he was kind of like, you know, Gunnar's a good quarterback. And of course, right, he's not going to come out and say, no, the guy stinks and he shouldn't be like, he's not going to say that. But he basically said, yeah, he's, he had offers coming out of high school, you know, is a, a good player. But I guess what exactly is kind of, his game from what you've been able to see in, in games because he's played, but also from what you just heard around the program. Yeah, he's he's actually a little bit more mobile than you'd think. Obviously not like Spencer Sanders. Um, you know, he's not going to just take off and, um, you know, run 15 times a game or anything like that. But, you know, last week against Kansas State, the um, he played two drives on the, that sec- or last one. Um, he had a 22-yard, you know, scramble and, and run. So, you know, he, he's got the ability to take off and run, but it's not really his, his strength. Um, throwing wise, um, I think it's uh, honestly, it's, it's hard to judge because anytime he has played, it's been late in the game, mm-hmm. um, kind of no pressure situation. So, you know, the defenses are like, like last week, the defense is playing back, you know, they're just trying not to let up any big plays. So, you know, he completes, you know, a couple passes, um, you know, short passes and stuff like that. But, you know, anything deep, you we're just haven't seen an, enough of him to kind of grade, you know, how, how he is as a passer. Um, but, I mean, obviously in high school, um, he was playing in, you know, the, I believe it's the second highest, you know, level or whatever here in Oklahoma. Um, you know, he was one of the better quarterbacks in the state. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a talented quarterback. He obviously knows the offense inside and out, you know, being around the program for, you know, his whole whole childhood. Um, you know, being around Casey Don too, as, as a kid, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's been in, you know, he's been in the program and inside the facilities for, for his entire life. He knows how things operate. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that part's an issue or anything like that. Um, and Gundy said on Monday that the, the playbook doesn't necessarily change um, whether it's Spencer Sanders or, or Gunny, Gunner Gundy at, at quarterback. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, I don't think you have that, um, you know, Sanders has the ability to, um, to just make plays, um, create plays. Um, I think I think Gunner has a little bit of that, um, but not so much, you know, as a threat with his with his legs like Spencer would be. For sure. So let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Jim Knowles is now at Ohio State. He was the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma State. Was really good, and now Derek Mason is Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator. Are they doing a lot different from past years? Because when I think of Oklahoma State and Jim Knowles, it's, you know, man coverage on the outside, good linebackers, really tough physical defensive line. Have they changed a bunch now that Mason is taking over? Or is it kind of still the same ideology as they had before? 
Yeah, the, the schemes are all pretty much the same. Um, you know, that defense that, that Jim Knowles had, or that Oklahoma State had last year, um, that was kind of a, a creation of, you know, what Jim put in um, and, and also with input from, from the assistants that are all still here. Mm. Um, so it wasn't like Jim Knowles left and, you know, took the whole defense with him. Um, the, the schemes are all the same. Um, you know, this still the, the three linemen um, or, yeah, three linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs, or excuse me, four defensive linemen. Can't get my math right here. But, yeah, four defensive linemen, two linebackers, and the, the five DBs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the every – everything's pretty much the same. You know, obviously Derek Mason comes in with, with his knowledge and adds his wrinkles and, you know, some approaches and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it hasn't been a whole lot different from, from last year, but, um, you know, numbers wise, it, it doesn't look great on paper, mm-hmm. um, which I would say before last week, I thought it was a lot better than what it looked like on paper. Obviously, you know, you put up or give up 48 points and, you know, all the, all the yards that they did to Kansas state, it, it, doesn't look great at all mm-hmm. either way you look at it but um you know the texas the texas game they held on longhorns to a field goal in the second half and then the uh the texas tech game uh, i believe they held them to just a touchdown in the the second half um so you know this kind of they were they were showing signs of improvement you're just kind of waiting for them to put this you know full good game together um but obviously injuries kind of hurt with that too yeah. Um, yeah, and then then you go to K State and you give up forty eight points. That kind of took my you know kind of what I thought of the defense kind of threw that out the window. But you know I still think they're they're decent. Obviously they've got a ton of talent at the, the edge rushers, um, which they they haven't been a, as productive as far as getting sacks this year. Um, you know they still produce a lot of tackles for loss. Um, so you know they're they're pushing opponents back and you know, forcing some third and longs and then they're really good on third downs. So, mm. um, you know, if they can, if they can, you know, continue to do that and push Kansas back and, you know, which is a really good third down offense, um, you know, if they can push Kansas back into some third and longs, um, you know, I think you could, you'll see just kind of where the strengths of this defense actually are. Yeah. And you kind of brought me to my next question because I think you look at KU and early in the season, really good first and second down team. And that set up a lot of those third and shorts where super easy to convert, right? You've got a full playbook there you can work with. And really kind of the last three, four weeks, it's been a lot of first and second down, you know, a run for one yard, a pass for four yards and you're at third and five or, you know, an incompletion on first down, a, a two yard run on second down is third and long. Like the third and longs have been much more abundant recently than they were before which if what you're saying, I think that'd be an issue for KU if you're getting a lot of third and longs here. But when you look at the Oklahoma State defense, Cody, like where exactly do you feel like the maybe the soft spots are or, or where you feel like the spots where you're kind of got some concerns heading into this game? Yeah, the, the big concern all year has been the secondary um, just because of the, the guys they lost, um, just the, the inexperience that's back there. It's not really – it's not much for, for youth. Um, I think it's more inexperience. You know, there, there's two, two starting cornerbacks um, are juniors. Um, they've played, you know, s- significant snaps their first two years. So, um, but they just hadn't had a whole lot of starts because of the guys that were in front of them. You know, you think of um, uh, blanking on his name, uh, Jarrett Bernard Converse. Um, he's now at LSU as a, as a transfer. Mm. Um, Christian Holmes is in the NFL with the, the Washington commanders. Um as, as far as their safeties, you had Colby Harvell Peel, 
Um, Tanner McAllister is a, a transfer at Ohio State with Jim Knowles. Um, so, you know, they had a lot of experienced guys that, that left. Um, and then you, they were, you know, kind of forced to, you know, plug the holes and, and put guys in and move guys up that, you know, that had had game experience but hadn't had, you know, the significant amount of snaps that those guys that left that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so the secondary was was a question coming into the season, um, and that's kind of been their, the sore spot. Um, you know, they give up a lot of big plays in the past game. <clears throat> Excuse me. But another area is, is the run defense. Um, that it, it wasn't terrible to start the season, but as they've gotten into Big, big 12 play, um, when you have these offenses that are able to, to run the ball, um, they've given up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground. Um, last week, Deuce Vaughn basically just, you know, it seemed like he took every carry he had, you know, 10 plus yards, um, which I, I think he actually averaged close to nine yards a carry. Hmm. Um, so, you know, their, their run defense has been, you know, pretty weak the past few weeks. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the two areas that, that are most concerning. Definitely. And so I want to get one more question for you and then we'll we can split and let you go. When you think about this game, what do you feel like the biggest key for Oklahoma State, either to win, to um, get back on track? Like, what are you going to be kind of looking for in, in this game that makes you feel like, okay, if Oklahoma State does this, they have a really, really good chance at winning this game? I mean, I don't know how much of a, a key it is. I think it's more if Spencer Sanders plays or not. Mm. Um, I think if he plays, I think that gives – even if he's 50%, um, I think that gives Oklahoma State a, a decent shot at winning. Um, but if he doesn't play, I would be really concerned um, for Oklahoma State's chances of, of winning up there. Um, you know, just because of, you know, Gunnar Gundy hasn't made a start in his career. Um, the only snaps he's played are, are late, game, late game situations when there's really not a whole lot of pressure. Um, you know, you go on to, you know, especially to have your first start in a road environment where, you know, normally past years, um, you know, Kansas hasn't been a you know great home field advantage for them or anything like that. But, you know, like you mentioned to, at the start of the show, um, you know, there's a lot of interest in, in football up there now. They've had a few mm-hmm. sellouts in a row. I'm not sure. I guess maybe you can answer this if this weekend is a sellout or anything like that. But, um, you know, maybe by Saturday it'll get to that point. Yeah. But, um, you know, you go into your first college start as a, you know, sellout crowd and hostile crowd and, um, you know, I, I'd be concerned about that, but mm-hmm. you know, if Spencer's able to go, I, I would, I would like Oklahoma State's chances. Um, but if he's not, that's that's a big concern, and um, obviously raises a lot of question marks on on how the game will go for Oklahoma State. For sure, I totally agree. I think for me, the the starting quarterbacks is kind of where the, the game hinges, and I think the Vegas line is moving around as a result. You know, it opens at kind of three and a half, and it's now kind of down in the one range, depending on where you want to look. So it's, it should be an interesting game. Very intrigued by it. Cody, thanks a bunch for coming on. Where can KU fans or, or just football fans in general find your stuff? Yeah, so on, on gopokes247.com, uh, that's all the Oklahoma State coverage. And then on Twitter, you can follow me at uh, Cody Nagle 27 or 24-7. Um, so, yeah, hit me up there. Perfect. Love it. Thanks a bunch for coming on, Cody. Yeah, you bet. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. 
Available now.